Welcome all. We're so excited to have you here today. Um, welcome all for another edition of the NICPEED APE Collaborative. We are very excited to have Colorado and they're going to talk about their journey. Uh, so we have a whole panel and the process that it took them to become certified, have their state offer a certification in adapted physical education. So on behalf of NICPEED, the National Consortium for Physical Education for Individuals with Disabilities, uh, welcome. I'm Melissa Bittner, and I am the chair of the NICPEED Membership Subcommittee. We have the Colorado panel, and they will talk about their journey to getting an APE certification uh, or added authorization. Co Colorado, what are, are, is it certification, added authorization? What's your terminology? Just so I'm consistent with my terminology today. Endorsement. Endorsement. Thank you. And that's one interesting thing to really bring up right out of the gates is that we have this unique terminology for different states. For example, like I'm in California, we call it an ad added authorization. Other states call it a certification. Uh, and I'll, I'll use the terminology endorsement today since that's what Colorado is going with. But note that each state's different, but kind of have that same meaning behind each of them. After the Colorado panel goes, we will have a short 15 minute uh, presentation, kind of discussion really, with a panel of APE higher education professionals from three very established uh, programs and three uh, states that have the endorsement. As always, I would like to thank my membership subcommittee, Daniel Musser, Colorado APE Conference Director, Andrew Pitchford, who's now started in January, will be at Oregon State University, Heidi Ambrosius, Moreno Valley Unified School District APE teacher. I'm Melissa Bittner from CSU Long Beach and Lainey Case, who is at Chico State University. So to begin today, our panelists include Susan Seaman Wallace, from Summit School District, APE teacher. Kelly Kennedy, APE teacher from Greeley-Evans School, District 6. Scott Douglas, um, professor from University of Northern Colorado. And G Gina Herrera, uh, Colorado Department of Education supervisor for access, learning, and literacy, and significant support needs, and deaf blindness specialist. All right, so without further ado, uh, the presentation today is Colorado's journey to a state-approved APE licensure endorsements. Yes, so welcome to Colorado's journey to a state-approved adaptive PE licensure endorsements. We are very excited to be here today and talk about the process that, or the journey that we took. Um, it's been a long journey. <laughs> So the goal of our advisory council was to develop an endorsement proposal to present to the State Board of Education, which would ensure students are receiving adaptive physical education services when appropriate and in accordance with IDEA by teachers who are deemed skilled, competent, and possess the appropriate credentials in the field. The endorsement would be based on adaptive PE competency requirements to ensure students with disabilities are provided effective and high quality physical education services in the least restrictive environment. So why propose an adapted physical education endorsement? So back in 2010, CDE was getting questions from the field and this included PE, special education teachers, occupational physical therapists, special education administrators about who can provide these services. Who's providing adapted PE services? What are the expected competencies and credentials of anyone providing this service? What is their role in the IEP team? And does the individuals providing APE need to do assessments, write present levels, goals, statement and need and service of time on the IEP? So these, dis these questions were discussed with the Colorado Department of Education licensure director, which then led to the development of the proposal. So when the Colorado Department of Education adapted physical education advisory council started, we, we wanted to be very thoughtful about the impact that this would have on students, families, professionals, and school districts. So we're looking at being rigorous, attainable, beneficial, appropriate, respectful, meaningful, and individualized. 
So today we're going to share our action plan in which we started with engaging with the CDE licensure department. We collected and analyzed relevant data, including student numbers, eligibility categories of students who may benefit from adaptive PE. We explored the rules and case law. We engaged with stakeholders and partners. We provided awareness and information at conferences such as Courage to Risk and Shape Colorado to special education directors leadership team, to the commissioner of education and the licensure director, the Colorado, Colorado Special Education and Advisory Committee, which is a parent special education um, committee, to state representatives. We looked at what are the benefits for students and school districts. We looked at who would qualify for the endorsement and how. Would there be a grandfather clause and in the implementation process? I'm gonna turn it over to Susan. All right, so um, our Colorado Department Education Advisory, Adapted Physical Education Advisory Council, we took a poll of the top eligibility categories from students that were currently receiving adapted physical education services. And what we found was the top four categories were multiple disabilities, autism spectrum disorder, intellectual disabilities, and orthopedic impairment. This is not to say that students in other eligibility categories don't receive adapted PE services. They certainly do or could. These were just the categories that we found um, the highest needs were and we could, that we could determine by our group. So we, by getting the number of the students that fell under these specific categories, uh, we were able to provide an approximate amount of students that would benefit from receiving adapted physical education services across the state. The following are key qualitative points to reinforcing the need for adding our endorsement. Um, if a student is determined to need adapted PE, we're obligated to provide it. Uh, there are the social emotional benefits of inclusion for students with disabilities, the link between physical activity and academic achievement. Um, higher education programs do not adequately prepare PE teachers to provide adapted physical education to students. At most, most PE degree programs have one class in adapted physical education. Um, we wanted to uphold the notion of do not harm to students, especially since the typical student that an adapted physical education teacher works with has significant health or behavioral needs. Currently in Colorado, as adapted physical education teachers working in a district providing APE services, it can be coded through CDE either as a special education teacher with a physical education endorsement or as a general physical education teacher. However, cannot stand a physical general physical education teacher cannot stand alone on IEP. And we found that many general physical education teachers are not completing the IEP procedural requirements, such as evaluations, goals, and progress monitoring to determine the service is needed as it continues, as it continues um, to serve students. And districts currently need to have a special education teacher taking responsibility for providing specialized instruction in PE. However, most special ed teachers do not have a PE endorsement. So they don't have the knowledge that we need with these students that have significant behavioral and health issues. So what we have seen is many districts are inaccurately reporting staff who are providing APE to students and are unable to find teachers who meet the CDE APE coding requirements since they are so limiting. So by having the option of having a PE teacher with an, ad an, an adapted PE endorsement, that would open up a pool of competent individuals that can provide these services to students that would be active members of the IEP team, complete evaluations, interpret, interpret results, write goals, progress monitor, et cetera, to be part of the IEP team. So as we, are, we were talking about this, we were looking through the rules and regulations. Um, so we have listed um, the first two bullets are just the sections in IDEA, where it specifically references APE and PE. And then the next bullet is the Colorado Exceptional Children's Education Act. And so that is Colorado specific and it follows um, IDEA very closely. So those are the different areas that we were looking at. So. As we were gathering all this information and looking through everything, 
we kind of found our golden nugget um, for what we were looking for when we were going through um, the Colorado Exceptional Children's Education Act. That's um, and what we found is it actually specifically lists in here that specialty teachers, which it has adapted physical education teachers in here, that they have to, they shall possess a Colorado teacher certificate or license with endorsement in the area of instruction. So as we were pulling like the need for the service, we were able to find this actually already in our Colorado law. And it, we just wanted to pull that out and we were able to kind of um, push that through because we found that it was already passed. And so this was like our golden nugget as we were going through all of the information to give us um, more ground to push what we were wanting to have accomplished. So here's a list of stakeholders um, that were involved so in the development process. Um, we tried to make sure we had a representation from a variety of people in uh, roles to think of what um, what this could look like and have some more solid comprehend something more solid and comprehensive on paper prior to beginning uh, getting feedback so we have something to work from. So we have a pretty extensive group that we were working with. And then there's also um, this is a short list of additional stakeholders that we're recommended to look over the proposal. Um, the licensing department does have a timeline and public vetting period that was required for us as well. So Kelly's going to go and start talking about the benefits. So what are the benefits of the endorsement proposed? Um, just participation for students in PE that are adapted to their needs. And having a qualified adapted PE teacher to promote those 21st century skill development. Having access to the Colorado academic standards with modifications and accommodations. And receiving a safe and appropriate safe and rigorous instruction for physical education by a qualified teacher. And then as with all students, there's research linking the benefits of physical activity on academic, social, emotional well-being, and, and reducing health risks. So what were the consequences? So current teachers who are currently employed as adaptive physical education teachers in the state of Colorado would be required to hold the proper endorsement. And the, the time commitment to complete the coursework and field work, and the if, the if there's costs involved, if you need to go and get the higher education coursework and the cost for renewing or applying for that endorsement. And in school districts, may need to reallocate funds or resources to employ APE teachers. And they also would be need to be accountable for hiring teachers that meet the licensing credential to provide the adapted uh, PE services. And then our Colorado Department of Education is going to need to inform and develop a timeline for teachers to gain the endorsement or degree in adapted PE that districts can reasonably implement. And this is where Dr. Douglas is going to take over. Thanks, Kelly. Um, yeah, so just moving forward on, so what does this look like? How can we deliver the curriculum, the courses needed to gain the endorsement? So originally, University of Northern Colorado, um, we supplied sort of a draft curriculum and what it might look like. So it was originally just an 18-hour endorsement. The state came back to us and said it has to be 24. And really, we never, we always envisioned a six class, six three-credit classes with a practicum at the end of it. So... Uh, live in school with an, you know, a certified adaptive PE teacher um, as part of that 24 credits. Uh, so the challenge in higher education right now is lower faculty numbers. How do we add courses? How can we deliver this in, an, in a graduate level online setting? So, you know, the, really the best way that we're really looking at is a partnership. So a partnership between University of Northern Colorado and Colorado Mesa and Metro State in Denver. And, you know, really we're in the initial stages of how we might, uh, you know, really deliver these classes and these hours and so that these teachers can get the endorsement. So yeah, we're still in that stage, but we do have three schools interested and, you know, it's a matter of, 
you know, we're going to look to work together towards the national standards and meet the curriculum. Um, but a lot of changes might have, you know, classes might need to be changed from in classroom to online. Um, we have to find the, you know, appropriate faculty to teach these classes. So, um, so this is all part of um, the challenge. Um, higher ed is not just going to start um, a certificate program at one university for a 24 credit hour certificate or endorsement. Um, it just so that teach, you know, we're not, they're not going to build it so students will come. We really needed this uh, uh, endorsement to pass first at the state level. And then we're moving from there and okay, so how can we deliver the classes and how can we get this content and then provide and produce quality adaptive PE teachers. So um, yeah, so we're looking at additional options for out-of-state programs, online programs. Of course, we're studying all across the country, all the programs and how, what courses they're delivering, how they're delivering them. So the idea right now is a partnership again, um, but we're still gathering information on how best to do this, how each university can deliver these online um, within their own, you know, just the way that their school runs. And then of course, having the faculty to teach them. So um, some of the challenges that, that we're facing right now, but um, sort of the next step. So we looked at the added endorsement. So in order to be endorsed in the state of Colorado, an applicant should hold active Colorado physical education license first and foremost. And then add, so we're looking at the 24 hour uh, graduate coursework or licensure, license certificate or endorsement in APE from another state. So a lot of teachers in Colorado, you know, took, took a master's program at Wisconsin or wherever and gains the credential they need, they would still need to apply for the endorsement. So we looked at, so, you know, we're really thoughtful of the teachers that are out there already producing or already teaching adaptive PE. So how can we grandfather them in? Of course, it all ends with, you have to apply for the endorsement. And we really fought just to be able to have this certificate or endorsement printed on teacher licenses. So now that we have that, um, it's official. Um, so anyway, so uh, we'll, we'll hurry up through this a little bit. So um, you can see the different options that we're coming up with, um, holding that PE licensure, uh, passing the CAPE test, um, again, ending with application for endorsement. So we'll have an end all application process that fits all or most teachers in Colorado who are presently teaching it so that they can more easily get the endorsement without having to take extra coursework. Okay, and you can read here some of the other options, um, you know, having an adapted licensure from another state and your licensure. And then also, you know, we're discussing holding a license as a special ed generalist, ha um, having a PE endorsement, and then being able to apply for the endorsement. So we're, we're trying to look at all different areas of where um, we can get people who are already fit the bill to teach quality adaptive physical education licensure, uh, you know, credit and, and uh, just wordage on their license that it's, they have the licensure. So um, just right quick before I um, finish us up, I wanted to send a, a very special thank you to Brian Wickerin, who's not here, and Jane Dougherty, who has left the Department of Education, because it's with their leadership that this got to where it is. Uh, you saw that we, they started in 2010. That is a very long journey, very, very persistent. Um, and, and they made it happen along with all of the other people on this advisory group. There's several people um, that are part of this work. So I wanna make sure that they realize how thankful we are for that is, for them as well. So where did we land? We have put together an expert panel to really look at the standards and, and who would be holding this license. That had to happen before it went to the school board. And I'm not sure if some of you guys were on that group, but it was a very um, rich and spirited conversation. We got those all together. We got feedback, public feedback, as Susan had mentioned. So it went out to the field. It went out nationally. Saw there were some people commented on what we were doing nationally. It did go to the Colorado State School Board for a vote in October, and it was passed, which was pretty exciting. 
Um, I was I was watching the meeting live. I could barely contain myself because it was so exciting. Um, it's in the process of being vetted by a variety of um, sources, all things that we have to go through that we can't control. You know, I'm a firm believer in, in marketing and, and showing people the benefits. And that's part of what is happening is making, you know, being able to say, and this group looked at it and this group looked at it and this group looked at it to provide that credibility. We're visiting with the different universities to really figure out where these programs are going to be. And then our last step is really around making sure that the field is informed, um, as well as um, what some next steps are for us around really putting this endorsement into place and what is going to happen, what is next for us. So our, our work isn't done by any means, but we um, definitely are a ball that's rolling very quickly. And I think with that, we will turn it over to you, Melissa. All right, thank you very much to our Colorado panel. Uh, fantastic job. Next up, we have our second panel and the three panelists in our higher ed panel all come from states that have an APE, again, a, a certification endorsement or an added authorization. And just to remind everyone, so now we have 13 states that have this Call uh, California, Louisiana, Maine, Michigan, Minnesota, Nebraska, Ohio, Oregon, Rhode Island, South Dakota, Wisconsin, <laughs> Wyoming, and now of course Colorado. So yeah, woohoo! Exciting news to join. Um, and again, thank you for sharing the way that you know you blaze that trail in Colorado, with hopes that individuals in other states can also. Um, you know, take what you've learned and put it into practice uh, at the, in their state. So next, uh, our panel members include Barry LeVay, Sue Tarr, and Garth Timeson. And I believe Garth wanted to um, give the presider information on our panelists. So I'll pass it over to Garth next. Great. Thank you, Melissa. And thank you, Colorado folks and other folks who are on this webinar today. Um, myself, from the University of Wisconsin-La Crosse, Sutar from Minnesota State U at Mankato, and Barry LeVay um, from three longstanding states that have had adapted physical education credentials, certifications, et cetera, um, are going to uh, you know uh, each have about five minutes now, okay? We were asked to give suggestions and comments based on many years of experiences in states with longstanding APE add-on teaching licenses, okay? Um, we've met a couple of times to narrow down the focus of our top suggestions, okay? In no way, okay, any of our comments should be taken as criticism in relation to any of the work that's been done or the draft policies that have been discussed so far. We simply want to provide suggestions for making the process better based on our experiences in three states that are major players in adapted PE teacher preparation, okay? And so what we're gonna do is start with Barry, then Sue is going to come in, and then I'll be finishing up with our with a set of uh, suggestions. So I'm gonna let Barry take it away, and Barry is gonna be talking about higher education, adapted physical education competencies, and evaluation of those teacher preparation programs. Sue is gonna be talking about ongoing state level advocacy suggestions. And I'm gonna be talking about candidate verification, including out of state reciprocity situations. Go ahead, Barry. Okay, hi everyone and, and thank you, Garth. Um, so universities and developing an AP endorsement and, and Scott's talked a little bit about this and the challenges that Colorado will face. First of all, I think it's great that you are connecting the endorsement. It's an add-on to a physical education. Uh, you know, sometimes I'll use terms from California. You call it, uh, we call it certification. But um, because most adaptive physical educators are physical educators first. And if we have time, we can talk about, because you're exploring that idea of uh, including special ed teachers as adaptive physical educators and some of the pros and cons. The other thing is, um, will you, in the in the material that I've looked at, it talks about 
uh, grad level program. Uh, will you include undergraduates in that in that program, which would make it you know a lot more marketable? And and if you did, would you have some type of infusion model where maybe perhaps you could consider at universities where everybody that's uh, a PE uh, major would would take uh, both the physical education courses and the adaptive PE courses, and that would make them more marketable in this day and age. Uh, anybody that's going to be teaching physical education is going to be teaching children with disabilities, certainly at least at the mild disability level. Um, I think the the other important thing is you've talked about there are ways to go about looking at your coursework. There are certain courses that I think are very important that they're housed in kinesiology, but you could draw from other courses that are housed in other departments, depending on your university, like special ed, uh, speech, so forth. So one of the points that, that I would make is just about every uh, PEAT program in Colorado, I would think would have an intro to adapted PE course. Uh, so there's three units there. Uh, what really would be needed would, would be a really strong assessment course that's linked to uh, IEP development. And that course should certainly be housed in kinesiology. Uh, it's been my experience in the past that sometimes uh, transcripts will be evaluated um, and they'll accept a special ed assessment course. And that's not always a, a, a great practice because they're doing classroom evaluations. You certainly need a really strong uh, programming course. And historically and traditionally, those courses are PE, uh, programming in special populations or disabilities. I would suggest that what the trend that's really moving towards is developing some type of course that's universal design for learning in PE. We recently at Long Beach, Melissa and Amanda, um, changed the title of our course. And that's that would really go in with your standards about inclusionary practices. So that would be a good strategy. And then you should have some type of housed in a kinesiology and an administrative course that really looks at the different delivery service models that a specialist has to do, itinerant, inclusion, collaborating with general PE. So those are critical to, to being in, housed in kinesiology. Another thing is I look at your paperwork um, I think it's great that you have 200 hours in practicum experience. However, the wording says elementary to secondary. I would suggest that you really look at pre-K to transition three to 22 because and you look at different delivery service models, you look at collaboration. So they gain a, a number of experiences that are unique to adapted physical education. And in the in the uh, Google Docs, I, I put like the wording that goes in California's uh, standards for for field work that that they talk about those all those categories. Um, so that brings us to your practicum part two, is that I really would suggest strongly that the earlier they can get field work, and, and a group of us agree with this, Garth and Sue, the earlier you can get uh, experiences in practicums, the better. And they, so you, you need to consider uh, practicums that are embedded in courses and maybe uh, practicums that are standalone, but connected to certain courses. All right, and then finally, I just wanna show you one of the things that we do, this is rather small, but um, we have the, our, all our kinesiology courses going from 320 to 49 and uh, talks about a lot of things that I just talked about. But every uh, teacher education program, usually in the United States, has some type of intro to special ed course. And so there's another six units that you could draw from. I don't know in Colorado, but I would assume that it's required that they have some type of special ed course if they're in teacher education. And so there's, you got your intro AP and you got your 355, uh, some intro to special ed. There's six units right there. Then what you might do is you might look at your, your university's special ed. They, they certainly would have a behavior management class they certainly would have some type of collaboration class. They may have method you know, methods from moderate, severe. They certainly have that. They certainly have some, those courses are already probably housed in your special ed department. Do you have a sign language course in your university? Do you have a disability studies program at your university that has disability culture and society? So those are all things that like at our university, 
they're taking 18 units in kinesiology and then they're taking nine units in special ed and six of those units they can select from six courses and they select two of them. I would strongly recommend if you can develop a, a behavior management specific to physical education, you do that, but that may not be uh, you know, conducive. Uh, last thing is, I know you're exploring the idea of collaborating with different universities in the state of Colorado. Um, I, to my knowledge, I don't know any state that, that does that. I do know that the European master's program in Europe, that's how they do that. And you might want to look at that European master's program where they, they have universities from all over Europe and they each teach uh, separate courses and, and they can get their master's degree that way. So that's a suggestion. Um, uh, last thing, and then I'll stop the, the evaluation of um, the university. One of the questions I would ask the State Department is how are the universities going to be evaluated? Uh, do they need to submit a document uh, that shows how they've met each of the standards? And do they also have to have a site visit? So those are a couple of things that you might want to explore with the State Department. Everything I've talked to you about, I've actually written in notes and I put in the Google Docs. Um, so th that's available to you, but we're, I'll, we're certainly here to help you. And if there's any way uh, you wanna bounce ideas off me, I'll be glad to, to talk with you. And Garth and Sue feel the same way, but let me, let me stop there. I have a couple of other thoughts. And if we have time about some things that you said that I would for suggestions. And Thanks, any, the PowerPoint that Colorado um, presented, in addition to all the resources from Barry, Garth, and Sue are located in this Google Drive. There's, I looked at it today, there are dozens of resources in that doc. So check it out. Thanks, Melissa. Go ahead, Sue. And, and the documents might be a tad overwhelming. So again, reach out to each of us in our separate states if you have some specific questions. Um, but Melissa said dump, so we dumped them. Um, as Gar said, um, again, thank you for allowing me to participate, but my topic is about advocacy and that ongoing advocacy piece at the state level. And, and I think from, from Minnesota's perspective, we've had almost 50 years of, a, of an adapted leadership team that has served uh, the teachers, the adapted PE teachers in Minnesota uh, quite well, which then means that the students in Minnesota with disabilities reap the benefits. And so I think, you know, from that perspective, some of the suggestions that I have um, for you all to think about, uh, first and foremost, would be to develop, um, again, you have a team, a, a team that you worked on this endorsement with, but thinking about maybe adding to that team or a different team from a leadership perspective. And, and again, thinking that this leadership team is going to lead the state on a lot of different levels. Uh, advocacy might not be teacher licensure, but, but getting uh, the children in the state of Colorado the, um, the best uh, trained teachers that can provide them the services they need. And so just thinking about some membership um, uh, of that team, you know, you could have uh, clearly you've got adapted uh, K-12 teachers, so somebody at each level on your team, definitely higher education, adapted physical educator, uh, somebody from your state education department. Uh, and again, I know uh, somebody mentioned that there was a solid person and they've left. Can we garner another person? Thinking about a, an adapted uh, person from your Colorado Shape organization, right? Is there somebody very specific? Do you have an adapted um, division at the shape level where that person or people could serve on this leadership team? Um, we heard about a lobbyist um, that that uh, you folks might have worked with. So that could be another possible yeah. um, team member. Uh, thinking about a, a special education advocate, it could be, again, a K-12 person, it could be a special education coordinator, it could be someone in higher ed, uh, but within special education. Thinking maybe about a K-12 administrator, uh, again, thinking of the things that they could bring to the table. Uh, we also talked about um, there's a peak 
center in somewhere in Colorado. And we thought that maybe somebody from that organization might be a good representation, have good representation on your committee. But the, the idea being, um, does this leadership team or committee represent the whole state? And so just not the people in, in state, like which would be Denver and some of the other metropolitan areas, but the, the whole state of Colorado should be represented. And I think just quick example in Minnesota, our, our committee is about 10 to 15 people. Each of our, our regions, we have 11 regions in the state that the state special ed has divvied up. And so we have a regional rep from every division, every region on our committee. So it's a pretty big committee, but then we know that the far north region of the state, the Iron Range is represented. They they have a voice, right? It's just not the Minneapolis, St. Paul area people, the biggest uh, get the biggest vote. Everybody gets a vote. Um, we have a rep for higher ed. We have a couple at large reps, and we are very fortunate at our state level to have a person who is our adapted physical education statewide representative. And so that might be something that your Department of Colorado Education might go down the road at some point in the future and have that person dedicated at the state level to work with um, adaptive PE in Colorado. So, so those people, right, this leadership team, hopefully then could um, get together, right, and then start the next level. So um, I'm, you know, suggesting this committee develop a mission statement, vision statements, right? What is this committee going to do to advocate and lead the state top to bottom, side to side uh, for making sure that adaptive physical education is known, is new ideas are presented, is upfront and and uh, making sure that children get the best services that they need. Um, one of the uh, mission statements might be uh, something about the service you're going to provide. And so again, thinking about we've got this committee of a variety of, of experts and passionate people about adaptive PE. What are we going to do for the teachers in the state of Colorado, right? What kind of in-services are we going to provide? What kind of conference or professional development opportunities are we going to provide? How are we going to help getting them the stuff they need to maintain their current level, their best practices, having a place to network, you know, a, a, a suggestion, again, we've been doing this for almost 50 years. We have our own adapted conference every fall, day and a half conference. It's the same Thursday and Friday of September for the last 50 years almost, right? And so everybody knows when it's going to be. We bring in homegrown people. We bring in national experts and that, and we give that back to our people, right? Our, our adapted teachers know that this is going to happen. In the spring, we have a traveling workshop. So we go to each of the regions of the state and we do a, a we call it a APE in your backyard. So we bring some current best practices, things to them way up on the iron range, you know, when, when they can't maybe come down to our fall conference. And so we take our message out to the people to try to make sure that they have the tools that they need um, to be the skillful adaptive PE teacher that that they need. So that ongoing advocacy, we have our Facebook page, social media, where people can chime in and uh, uh, ask questions and anybody can answer them. I mean, you know, we have lots of social media kinds of things, again, trying to advocate for those teachers that might not know what to do. They were just hired and somebody said, here, you're teaching adapted and they don't even know where to start. So maybe your group, if you can get this leadership team together, um, thinking about how you can provide that professional development to those teachers. And then lastly, my last suggestion would be with this leadership team, again, thinking about um, how you're going to help support the higher ed folks and maybe your state department in terms of, of data collection, right? So if these three institutions work together to start producing adapted uh, physical education teachers in Colorado at these Colorado universities, I would hope that it, it, this group, an advocacy group, would be um, wanting to help 
follow them up, right? So if we have uh, 15 teachers trained and licensed this year out of your homegrown institutions, where are they? Are they staying in Colorado? Are they what schools are they working at? So that you can, again, have some data. Data is always helpful to go back to the State Department, to go back to your institutions of higher education to say, look, look, we're producing these folks. They're staying in our state. Here's where they are. And then you can always use that data for uh, all kinds of tracking and promotion and and all kinds of other justifications for why this is surely going to um, help the children uh, in the state of Colorado. So thinking again, just in closing, if you can you know move forward in terms of a leadership team for advocacy. So it may be different than the group you have together now, or it could be the same, but maybe add some different viewpoints. Uh, people with different viewpoints to that committee, but thinking about how can everybody in the state be represented in terms of getting professional development that they need, getting the support that they need um, through their, hopefully, you know, K-12 or pre-K to 21 uh, adaptive PE jobs. Thank you, Sue. Hey, and uh, this is Garth. I'm going to finish up very, very quickly now because I know we want to save a few minutes for questions and things like that, Okay. My comments and suggestions are about the review or verification of candidates for the new APE endorsement, including out-of-state or non-resident reciprocity applicants. As we know, many of our teachers travel to other states for jobs, especially states that are as beautiful as Colorado. As a matter of fact, most of our master's students in adapted PE at La Crosse are from out-of-state and they do not remain in Wisconsin after graduation. And so, you know, in addition, we've actually had several of our adapted PE teachers move to Colorado. So with the very low number of adapted physical education teacher preparation programs in Colorado and the likely curriculum revisions at universities resulting from this new APE credential, I assume that out-of-state reciprocity is going to continue to be a very important process to ensure uh, APE teacher quality and quantity in Colorado. Uh, school districts will hopefully continue to recruit qualified APE teachers from other states. And as you set up your review process to determine whether non-resident teachers meet um, these endorsement uh, requirements, we, we kind of make some of the following recommendations. First would be establish, a com establish communication procedures so that persons in higher ed, PK-12 districts, and the Colorado Department of Ed, of Ed are all on the same page regarding how candidates will be reviewed, by whom, and with what criteria. Be sure school districts know who to contact to determine if non-resident applicants meet the endorsement requirements. It's important for districts to know that there's a, a new process in place and that this new teacher endorsement has significantly changed what they may think is a highly qualified adapted PE teacher. Um, I would, uh, we would certainly uh, suggest that you include university faculty with APE expertise and who teach these courses and field-based clinical experiences related to the license be part of this process. If appropriate, highly qualified K-12 adapted PE teachers may also be involved. The process may require adapted PE faculty to review actual syllabi to determine if a course meets the content requirements established for the Colorado endorsement. This is a common practice for transfer courses from one university to another university to actually be reviewed. Now, of course, the Colorado Board of Education may already have this review process in place. If that's the case, um, you know, oftentimes um, we don't find people with extensive adapted PE qualifications and experiences hired by state departments of education. So you might want to think about having faculty members 
who are familiar with some of the courses that Barry mentioned um, would likely be part of your credential. Okay. And again, we just find that oftentimes throughout the country, state departments of ed do not have well-qualified people with adapted physical education backgrounds. Now, I know in Colorado, you've had some excellent help at the State Department of Education level, and I'm, I'm sure that will continue. Now, I'm going to say something now where I may have misinterpreted something. And Scott, we were under the impression that the CAPE certification was not going to be used, okay? So my following quick comment, I want you to make sure you understand, we were under the impression that CAPE certification was not going to be recognized. So therefore, we suggest carefully reconsidering your state APE leadership's team decision not to accept national CAPE certification as an equivalent to a state adapted PE certification to meet the new endorsement requirements. Over the past 25 to 30 years, I have personally conducted or supervised the national survey research to determine and review the 12 or 13 states that have the add-on license. And it's important to understand that some of the existing APE state licenses are not even close to what your new Colorado 24 semester credit endorsement is all about, okay? Some of the states almost have exclusively special education classroom courses. Some of them only have one adapted PE course and a special ed course. Now, others have two to three courses, and of course, there's some very extensive APE-specific requirements in states like Minnesota, California, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Ohio. And a person who is going to sit for the CAPE exam, okay, has the bachelor's degree in PE, they need a minimum of 12 semester credits, nine of which have to be adapted physical education. They have a minimum of 200 hours of documented experience in physical education for kids with disabilities and a valid certificate. So in our estimation, CAPE should at least be equal to a state adapted PE license in your verification process in option two. Um, you know, the, the, the NICPED group and the adapted PE profession has spent much time and effort in our national certification, and that CAPE credential really represents very, very high standards, and it's very common to see in job announcements around the country that they either require or prefer the CAPE certification. So we hope that that can be considered by the Colorado Advisory Group, the proper way of using CAPE certification. And in closing, again, um, Sue and Barry and I want to congratulate the Colorado Leadership Team and the Colorado Board of Education for recognizing the need for adapted PE endorsement and for getting it done. For me personally, it was very rewarding to be a small part of the process over the last couple of years. Now we all know that the work begins in relation to higher education institutions and PK-12 schools. We are here to help you with the process any way possible. And we hope that all of your current and future adapted PE teachers will become members of NICPED and join us in a national effort to improve adapted PE services in all states and districts. So again, Congratulations on doing what you're doing. It is fantastic. Melissa, I'll send it back to you. All right. And I will open it up now for questions to our Colorado panel and or our APE higher ed panel. Uh, one of the questions to throw out, something you, you, you're, you're considering is a, 
someone who has a special ed teacher education, teach adapted PE. And so you might want to think about like in, uh, many years ago, you just could be a physical educator in California and then you added on AP. Then we, the state department decided that a special ed teacher, but they have to test and, and show competencies in physical education. So you, you might want to think about that and talk to your state department about how something like that would be, you know, uh, uh, accomplished. That's one thing to think about. Um, I guess another question I have is, are undergraduates going to be able to take this uh, program? Because one thing I didn't mention, you, you could maybe double number courses. Like sometimes we have undergraduate grad courses, yep. like our assessment course is a double numbered course. Yep. So that's another strategy. But I, um, I, I would think that it's critical to get, if you can get these undergraduates in there, uh, that would really help your numbers. Yeah, I know Barry mentioned in his talk, but um, San Bernardino, and I think it's San Jose State here in California, are doing what Barry mentioned, where everyone has to take the APE courses. It doesn't necessarily mean everyone has to sit for the APE endorsement. So again, that's the way to fill the seats and how some universities are doing it if the enrollment is lower. And it makes them very marketable, you know. Uh, it especially does, but, in a state like California, especially a state like Colorado, where you don't have AP, you know, as many AP teachers, and, and that was always a recruiting tool I used. Is this idea of being marketable and having these two, you know, an, an endorsement and a certification. Yeah, so we're also struggling with so undergrad on campus, and then Matt, you know, the and double numbering off. So how do you coordinate? you know, on an, an on-campus program and an online program, you know, we really thought about this as the working professional who already has their PE licensure mm -hmm. and it's an, you know, it's an add-on endorsement. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really yeah. like the core of it. Scott, you can reach out. That's kind of exactly what we do in our 489A course. Half yeah. of them are here with me every Tuesday, Thursday, 4 to 5.30 p.m. with doing our after-school program. But the other half are getting their hours um, out in the field because they already have their um, certification and they're just looking to add on their APE uh, added authorization, again, is what California calls it. Yeah, so, that yeah, useful. So, and yeah, I think don't hesitate you, to reach out. Sue, go ahead. And I was going to say, in Minnesota, we do it a little differently. So our undergraduate is on campus in person. And then our graduate is, again, trying to get those teachers. It's a summer only program. And so it's online summers only. And then their uh, field work pieces are done with in their schools uh, when where they're teaching. And so I think that um, that we came up with uh, the idea of not burdening them during the fall and spring semesters because they're teaching, they're coaching, they're raising children. And um, we just started that certificate last summer and it's it's taking off. And so that might be something to think about. Yeah. How many classes would they take in a summer? That's an uh, interesting three, look at it. Three classes, summer okay. one, three classes, summer two, and summer three is two classes but those two classes in the third summer could be a fall in the falls. And so they could do one class in the fall of summer one, one class in the fall of summer two, you know, so we treat it just like our masters that they could, they have seven years to finish the certificate. Um, but most of them are just going to do the two summers and then the one class fall one and one class fall two. And I think Scott. Chico, Chico State also offers a summer program similar to that. So you could reach out there. And then I also see, Amanda, you're right about high flex. So our undergrads yes. here at Long Beach State are expected to be, you know, face to face. They don't have a credential yet, but our post back program where individuals are adding on their AP added authorization to a certification already, we offer a high flex. So they can choose each week to either be face-to-face -face or do it online. Hmm. Barry, so, you had something Yeah, sometimes in the summer, uh, your university may allow you to do things that they don't allow during the school year, you know, like... Uh, exactly. That's exactly right. what hit me when you said it. It was like, oh, right. summer, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
and you're free. I mean, my course load, I couldn't put these classes in the regular year because I didn't have any room. And so for me, it was a it was a need. That was we the only time I could teach them was in the summer. Yeah, we do yeah. the same thing at Lacrosse. You know, where there are certain adapted PE courses that are only offered in the uh, summer, and uh, we we want to target those teachers who are out there and that can't take our courses in person in uh, fall spring semesters. Um, one of the things that Dean uh, put in the the chat was the the European Masters program. And there's a link to that. He was nice enough to put that in there. Also, uh, Marty Block at the University of Virginia, he's involved in that, that program. And he might be someone, he's a great guy. He'd be easy to talk to, uh, Scott, about that. Because if you're thinking about doing this, you know, uh, say, three universities teaming up to develop the program, that's, that's the only program I know that does something like that, you know, uh, uh, one of the challenges you face is who gets credit for, you, you know, how universities are, who gets yeah, credit well, for Well, who's going to write the check for what, yeah, right. and, you know, yeah, who's yeah. going to carry on the practicum and, you know, yeah. and, mm-hmm. you know, do we take yeah. turns? We talked about having classrooms where we all meet together in Zoom and have, yeah. mm-hmm. have whoever. So, but yeah, that's still to be determined how we're going to work all that out. And, and if you've joined a, a few universities together, one of the things is they may have, uh, you know, departments, their special ed may be stronger at one, de- one university yeah. than another, and they have a behavior management class and you don't, you know, that, that type of thing. But I really think that there really needs to be certain courses that are critical to being in kinesiology. And that yeah. that's paramount, you know, uh, especially assessment. I've seen that over and over again, where states, yeah. uh, like when I'm evaluating transcripts, they want to have a special ed assessment class count. And that's why the points that Garth made about getting uh, people in higher ed that really know how to look at a transcript or look at a course syllabus and see, you know, what, what, what's going on there is, is critical. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's, it's also the same thing in relation to, you know, your typical disability characteristics course that might be taught in a special ed department. They don't get into the motor performance implication, the fitness implication, the physical education, instructional strategies that you really want the, the yeah, competent yeah. teacher to do. Yeah. Does does Colorado require every teacher ed person to have some type of uh, special ed inclusion course? They do. They get so, you know, my diverse populations class as an undergrad and I get um, one other special ed class. Yeah. Exceptional. So there's six uh, units. Exceptionalities or something like right, that. Yeah, yeah, right. That's classic. It's usually exceptional individual. So there's six units right there that most every yeah. peak program in Colorado would probably have. Now you're only down to 18, right? Yeah. <laughs> Practically yeah. done. <laughs> well, yeah. One thing. Hey, if we can find some people, we're in. <laughs> one thing too to think about, and and Barry and Garth and I talked about this. Um, in one of our meetings is to think about when you get to those practicum or those field work yes. hours, whatever you're going to call them, you know, that there will probably need to be some conversation and some intentionality about who will, who will these um, candidates be placed with. And so if Supervised. they're undergraduates and they're doing field work and you want them to work with an adaptive PE teacher, and right now there aren't maybe many of them in your state, how will you mm-hmm. facilitate that so that they get those hands-on experiences that you want them to get with a person who knows what they're doing in adaptive PE. And so I think, you know, realizing that it might be slow to grow, but if you mm-hmm. can get those intentional placements determined, um, that, that'll be at least worth, worthy of a conversation uh, yeah. uh, because you would definitely want them to, to have field work or field hours with those teachers that um are giving those good service minutes with those those children uh, scott we, one, one last thing can i just share one thing that i think <laughs> when i first came to, to california most programs really work out of this graduate level model and mm-hmm. that's that was my bias when i got there and one of the things that i learned like quickly like these undergraduates they're a clean slate you know, they're really open-minded and where we're moving is like, you could take your whole like curriculum and develop it into a UDL type 
you know, pedagogy. And, you know, if they're going to be teaching physical education in this day and age, they, they have to be, you know, working with, with kids with disabilities. So I really think that this is an untapped source that, and that's where you can get a lot, you know, because the reality, what, what a lot of the practitioners don't realize is your dean doesn't care how great an idea this is. You've got to fill some seats in there. It's you, you've all got about to have numbers. Yeah. And, and a lot of times teachers don't understand, like, you know, how, how many seats are, are going to be filled. And so the double numbering, those are just the rea- yeah. the operational aspects of this. To, to, re, to, 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 reinforce, to reinforce what Barry is saying now, um, about five or six of the universities that prepare physical educators in Wisconsin, including La Crosse, uh, Oshkosh, Eau Claire, we all require all of our undergraduate PEAT students to get the adapted physical education certification in Wisconsin. Uh, and like Barry is saying, we have all of them just going through and taking those four to five courses in adapted PE. You know, it may not be for them and they may decide, hey, I don't want to go on and teach adaptive PE, but it's going to make them a better physical educator in the long run. Mm-hmm. You know, so well, I was just sending them all up to Wisconsin. That was working great. <laughs> <laughs> if I we- could gain a jump in here real quick um yeah tim hi tim davis it's good to good to see folks and i wouldn't be here if it wasn't for barry levey um brought me along a long ways and uh you know so it's really great to see you haven't seen you a long time uh got some great Cortland grads here with garth and uh and brad and 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 folks so just yeah just exciting to uh to see all of this as you know and, and tony too tony's been doing a great job in washington and moving along her state quickly and, 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 and very well. So all of this coming together is, is just, um, it's wonderful. Uh, as you, many of you know, I've been involved obviously with APEN since I think I cut my teeth in California. So it's been, it's been a while. Um, and, and listening to each and every one of you, um, I, I just kudos to everybody. My good friend, Sutar, you brought up a wonderful point. I, I love the idea of having a voice in, all aspects or all parts of the state and in many rural areas where you're an end of one and you're, you know, you're, you're solo, you're out there, you're, you're going school to school. If you're itinerant, um, you, you just don't have that. You don't have the energy. Number one, number two, your mm-hmm. caseload is huge. So um, creating something like uh, what North Carolina has done and Garth, I know you've spent uh, time with folks in North Carolina um, they have a fabulous uh, advisory team of resources that's, that's statewide where they have a representative in each region that that at least provides some aspect of a voice in that regard. Iowa does the same thing. They have a network of, of people who, um, you know, not paid, but volunteer-wise, and a lot of the situation is, is simply uh, as a method to connect folks in, in, you know, almost a rural alliance, if you will. Nevada, for many, many years, going back to that question about, you know, when, when, when did the states, you know, make that connection to physical education, well, 94, 142, when that was passed. And, and I was lucky enough to, to kind of be around my father who did a lot in the area of special education. But one of the things that lasted is a rural alliance in special education so that the, the smaller areas of the state would actually have a voice against the bigger, you know, cities like Las Vegas or Reno. And, um, at the end of the day, uh, that alliance is still strong and includes physical education, although the state of Nevada doesn't have uh, a licensure or an endorsement. I'm in New York. We do not have a licensure or an, or an endorsement. Um, it's incredibly frustrating to see services in physical education for children with disabilities fall through the cracks over and over and over again. I do not have a network of quality APE teachers to send my student teachers to so that they can see uh, what quality adapted physical education looks like. And that's incredibly frustrating. Um, I frequently, like Garth, will send our graduates uh, out to other states and other programs. Hopefully got one heading to Melissa here soon and Amanda, but uh, all, all good um, because it's important that, that we create this uh, national network. So um, last comment is just that, uh, the, uh, the CAPE certification, uh, that whole process, starting with Luke Kelly, Barry was on that board, uh, was a major player in, in the writing of that content. Um, it starts with 
the base framework of what you need to know as a PE teacher first, right? And, and then builds on that content, that, that framework, and uh, provides specific uh, content for an adaptive PE teacher uh, to do their job on a daily basis. And so the CAPE certification raises the bar on a national level because so many states do not have any language at all as it relates to um, who's qualified or who should be teaching kids with disabilities in PE. So from that perspective, I agree with Garth that it should not be uh, a replacement for what your state uh, and, and what programs like, like yours can provide. So I would argue well, with Garth that the CAPE certification could be an addition to or could or should be you know, looked at as a, um, a, as a measure uh, of a person's knowledge, not necessarily as a, a measure of the person's ability to teach. That's another you know, way to think about it as well. But anyway, yeah, thank you all, great stuff. Thanks, Tim. Real quick in the chat, I just wanna make sure that they were thoroughly answered some of the questions. I see uh, Kelly Kennedy, you answered them. Just wanted to make sure if there were any follow-ups. So one question was from Michael Laughlin and that was about the history of when, how APE teacher was written into the Colorado law. And then Beth Foster asked a question about uh, some of the quantitative data that Colorado obtained. So anything further, Colorado panel on that? I believe it was 2014 that it, the adapted PE um, specialist was written into the EC, EC, ESCEA <laughs> rules. Correct me if I'm wrong, Susan or Scott. And then that the data piece was we sent that out to current adapted PE teachers. So and so looking at those four categories. So we got feedback from um, our current our current people who are teaching out there so that we could gather that information along with the report from our December one count that we can access, you know, through our Colorado Department of Education of um, counts of every districts and the student number of students and the, the eligibility categories throughout the state. All right. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you all for joining us today. Much appreciated and huge kudos and congratulations to the Colorado panel for getting the endorsement. That is fantastic way to pave the way. Uh, hopefully other APE professionals teachers and those in higher ed across the U.S. might reach out to you all to, you know, pick your brain and learn further from the experience that you all had. So thanks all in the chat. I put a recommendation for future topics for the NICPED APE Collaborative, and we will see you in 2023, uh, where hopefully in January we have a presentation on um, the APEN standards and getting your CAPE certification. So hopefully that's next up on the docket. So thanks all. Have a wonderful holiday and see you in 2023. Until next time.